Welcome, this is Beyond the Hate. I'm Steven. And I'm John. Welcome back, everyone. We took Welcome a, to a whole new year. <laughs> yeah, this is 2019. I hope everybody had a great Christmas, great New Year's. I think, what did you do? You spent like uh, two weeks in Budapest feeding uh, starving women dick? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and we also we also helped some kids on a, on a raft get across the river. That was pretty fun. That too. was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, they were eaten. Uh, yeah. later on, later on though, they That's, saved them. So. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, so we are doing our first entry into the Fast and the Furious franchise. We are doing Tokyo Drift. Yep. Get our drift. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, you get the drift. You get the drift. Um, the people fucking hate this movie so much. And, and, and because it's New Year's, we're not going to bombard you with too much hate right off the bat. Um, yeah, you, you just the tip, just the tip. Just you just get the tip, and it'll get progressively worse throughout this year. Yeah, because there is a lot of things coming. We yeah. already put something else on the list just because of the reaction to people as soon as it came out in theaters, and that's Holmes and Watson. Yeah, so, that's going to be on our short list of things yeah. to check out. We are yeah. going to review, and um, yeah, it'll be an episode if we enjoy it. Yeah, because. Um, yeah, we're gonna have some interesting things. I have I have a few episodes that I, I think would be interesting to go over. And also, I'd like to uh, say for Sean Van Dien for shouting us out on his last episode of Fuct News. Yeah. Um, you just you guys go listen to it. It's only like two minute episodes, and it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's. Uh, um, <laughs> he's 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 a crazy guy. Right. Yeah, um, he is. So um, we just you know. He mentioned us, so we figured we'd mention him. We go, we go ahead and shout him out too, yeah, because uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see what kind of news he's going to come up with in 2019. 
Yeah. So. I've spotted a few of them in there that wasn't even completely jokes. They were actually real, but it sounds ridiculous. Right, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, that's the thing with FUCT News. It's, it's blending reality with with comedy and like sometimes you're like, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty funny. Yeah. And you're like, wait a minute, is that real? And then you look it up and you're like, holy fuck, that actually was real. Like the thing about what was it? Marvin Lewis not getting fired. Uh, because uh, of the uh, Ohio prostitute. Yeah, like Mike Brown was like the Ohio killer prostitute killer. <laughs> and, then, and then eventually Marvin does finally get fired after 16 years of incompetence. <laughs> it's like they must have caught the <laughs> Ohio State pro- or the Ohio, uh, prostitute killer. You're right, yeah. <laughs> it's like, like well, damn it, I can't blackmail you for that anymore. It's like, you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And it's like, you're definitely gone. You don't have anything above my head anymore. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but yeah. Tokyo Drift, uh, budget of $85 million, uh Probably most of it cars. It's probably all cars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then. Made $158 million, so it, it made money. Um, it. The thing, the amazing thing about this is, you know, you know, most of the drifting actually, like, all the drifting is actually done by real people. So, yeah. Which, um, what did I say earlier? Um, it was, uh, Reese Millen and, yeah, uh, Reese Millen and his dad, Rod. Rod Millen, yeah. And then there was plenty of other people. I mean, yeah. there's plenty of other people driving those cars, but. Didn't they get, uh, didn't they get one of the, the, the Japanese drift guys? No, I'm pretty sure they did. I mean, uh, they, I've, I'll, and I can almost think of his name, but it's escaping me now. I don't have it like directly in front of me, so <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not remembering. But yeah, but the drifting scene is pretty big in Japan. Oh, we should probably do the beer. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. What are we drinking? Today, uh, so today we're drinking. Uh, this is Sol Cerveza. Uh, this is a uh, Mexican beer. Um, this is, uh, what is the alcohol? 4.5%. 4.5%. Yes, okay, I see it now. Yeah. And uh, this is uh, imported by Sol Cerveza Imports in Fort Worth. Uh, but this Very is actually good. made in uh, Monterrey, Mexico. It's so. actually like a Corona, but uh, smoother. Yeah. It's it, yeah, it's like a Corona that doesn't have some of the edge to it. Mm-hmm. It's it's got uh, it's actually pretty decent. Yeah, I like it. Um, three out of three for me. Yeah, for like a uh, you know like because sometimes like with, with Mexican beers, sometimes like they either have a tendency that they all kind of taste the same, you know, or like they all the sort of the same style, I guess, because it's just how their stuff is brewed down in right. Mexico. But it's like you know sometimes you'll find some things with some differences, you know, like this. You can tell that they were aiming for something like a Corona, but they were like, "But we're going to make our taste definitely different." You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So true. You know what? You know what I think would really set this off is if you instead of doing like a like a lemon slice or like a lime slice, you could put like a slice of orange in here. Oh, that would okay. probably set this okay. off pretty good. You know, just get like an orange and just slice it. And a just, slice of Emma Stone, just right. Yeah, put yeah. your put your lips on this. <laughs> <laughs> Stop, Lohan. Stop, Jesus. <laughs> Listen to this, you gotta stop. You got a problem. <laughs> You're anyway. the next Batman. Clean it up. Right, yeah. <laughs> Get your shit together and you can be Kevin. Anyway. Um, <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome. She has the eyes. Yeah, she does. Um, but uh, I'm, I, it was like, uh, what was it, last week? 
we we had done our Christmas stuff, and then like uh, you know, I went back to work, and then you went back to work for like a day or something, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, to do something, and then. I was like, well, what are we going to do for our next episode to start the year off? And then he was just like, he just, like within like I think 20 seconds, he was like Tokyo Drift. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I, I was like, he must have already just been thinking about that shit. He didn't really think about it. And then all of a sudden, it's like, I'm, I'm like thinking, I was like, wait, I'm like, do people really hate? And then I was like, oh, no, wait, people did hate Tokyo Drift. Yeah, I remember hearing about it at the time. People were like, oh, this is shit. You know, it's another movie that they don't have Vin Diesel. They don't have Jordana Brewster. You know, it's like stuff like that. Like they don't have the main characters. There's no, you know, there's no Letty. There's no Michelle Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just this. It's just this. Uh, you know, regular white boy that's in Japan and all this kind of stuff. And Bama boy. Bama boy. That's right. Lucas. Roll Black. Tide. Roll Tide. Uh, suck it, Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> the pri- yeah. Exactly. Oklahoma could definitely suck it. Um, Take then, your husband trophy to the house. Yeah. Yeah, your Heisman Trophy winners were going to end up in Major League Baseball, so <laughs> how about them shits? So, anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, Lucas Black, also known as the pride of Decatur, Alabama. <laughs> Decatur. Decatur. You got to say Decatur like Tater in Alabama. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's got to go together, because that's how you got to, you know, roll with it. So, how do you order Taters in Decatur? <laughs> <laughs> you got to say, I got to have some potatoes. And Decatur. And Decatur. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You got to get the lingo right or you might get your ass whooped. Right, yeah. Um, hey, man, could I have some of uh, those uh, uh, natural cut uh, fries? Get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here, man. It's yeah, fucked up. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So, since, uh, since we're not actually talking about Alabama... <laughs> No, we're actually we're talking about Japan um, because that's where this that, movie takes place. That's where place. Tokyo is. That's where Tokyo is. Yes, <laughs> I looked that up on Google Maps earlier. <laughs> we was like, "Oh shit, that's in Japan." Oh shit, it's actually in that's Japan. not in Florida like we previously yeah, thought. We previously thought he just went to Florida. <laughs> like, we totally we were like, out. "Man, there there are a lot of Asians There's in Florida." There's a lot of Asians in this city. Shit, like man, I'm talking. Tallahassee looks totally different on film. <laughs> I was like, "Little Bow Wow's there." Right, a I thought it was a rap video for a minute, and I was like, oh, "Yeah, a little Bow Wow's there." There's a yeah. bunch of half naked chicks dancing by cars. That right, seems yeah. right. Yeah, uh, but uh, <laughs> doesn't a lot of the Fast and Furious just remind you like of a really long rap video? Yeah, it, it's it's kind of like it, it's almost <laughs> like a rap video that got cut and they put drama in it. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like in between the drama, you see a bunch of asses shaking and cars. <laughs> right? Yeah, because you always have those moments whenever they show up, and this is like every facet of Furious movie. You're just waiting for it, for like them to show up at like you know some sort of like an underground party, or they're showing up and there's like cars and there's like babes hanging around. There's like people that are like under their hoods mm-hmm. and showing you know their their work off and like all of their cars and everything. And then there's always like there's always those shots in the Fast and Furious movies where they're like. They're going in between like a bunch of cars, and you just you just see like asses, and you know on the screen. It's like it's like a requirement. It's like okay, if you're making a Fast and Furious movie, we need to have, of course, a lot of cars in this movie. We need to have crazy ass stunts, and we must have gratuitous ass shots. You know, and it's like Justin Lin's like, I'm totally happy to do that. I will totally do that. I will have asses in as many shots as possible. <laughs> I wonder what the process is of getting casted as an ass in Fast and the Furious. <laughs> it's uh, just a Lynn like, 
Let me see that ass. No, that's not. That's not camera worthy. Go ahead, go ahead and send in the, those those other three girls. Okay. Or do they just do they just like call like a modeling agency? Or they're just like we just want we want uh, decent looking model chicks. With, I, I, that's probably what they with, do. They probably call a modeling agency. With we need like decent yeah. asses, and it's like, it's like that's kind of subjective. It's like, well, because the asses are going to be front and center on screen. Yeah, it's, they're going to be trademark. in the camera. Yeah. The asses are going to be in the trade. They're going to be. You know, there are trademarks, so they're going to be in the shot for sure. You know. Oh, don't don't worry. There's plenty of scenes with dudes with shirts off and stuff too. So right. Yeah. It really goes both ways. Not as many ass scenes though. You know. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> Oh man! Gotta get that Vin ass in one of these movies, damn! <laughs> right. no. um, but uh, but since this uh, this movie takes place in Japan, people had a lot of problems with the Japan of this movie. This is whitewashing. <laughs> this is whitewashing as fuck. It's like, dude, like ninety percent of this movie is like fucking Asian people. I was like, gonna say like, there's like two white people in this movie, right? And, and like then you know, home dude. improvement guy at the first, right? Yeah. That's because he's still he's still. Uh, um, where is he at at the beginning of the movie? He's I don't know, but I think there was, like, because they even go through houses that are being built, and it made me think yeah. that, too. Like, is he, like, actually, yeah, like, the grown-up? <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I was, like, saying. I was, like, in my head canon, this is what happened to uh, Brad from Home Improvement. Like, as he got older, he just became, like, this jock, like, douchebag douche guy that just wants to, like, you know, be the high school dickhead. And then, you know... And then he's got a Dodge Viper and all that shit. And then uh, he ends up, you know, racing Sean. And it's like, as they're going through like the houses and stuff, you're like, wait a minute. Okay. Muscle car, which was big on home improvement. Brad, (laughs) Zachary Ty Bryan, who's from home improvement. And it's like, and then they drive through houses that are being being built. And you're like, wait, actual home improvement. It's like, (laughs) Justin Lynn's like, yeah, that's my little home improvement joke in there for you guys. Yeah. I'm a um, big Tim Allen fan. You guys don't know this, but the tenth and final Fast and the Furious movie, Tim Allen's going to be a villain. <laughs> 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 it's like it's been in there the whole time. Yeah, we just—they've just been waiting to spring that on everybody. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so I'll go ahead and read the comment because thankfully they didn't. This movie didn't get bashed for its whitewashing. Like, not really. I mean, it really couldn't. There was, like... You really could not. There there was literally, like, after the movie got started, there were two white people in it. Right. And that was um, him and his dad. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sean, <laughs> his dad, yeah. and then Neela, who's, like, Australian. Yeah. And then Bow Wow, who's, like, the only black kid in the school. <laughs> yeah. Well, n- yeah, in the school, but there's yeah. other black characters in the movie. Right, yeah. But in Thanks. the school, he's the only black kid in the... <laughs> he might actually be the only black person in this movie. Right, I think he might be. I'm trying to think. But lots of agents. Right. Because it takes place in Tokyo. Right, yeah. that would, You would assume so. so <laughs> now, one one way I would just defend like people, this is whitewashing. If he actually went to a school in Tokyo and there were like five Asians. Right. I'd be like, okay, this is this very is racist. Yeah, this is obviously not Japan. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> But it's they're like, in Florida. <laughs> they're in fucking Florida. This is garbage. They're, they're just filming this shit in Tallahassee. That's all they did. 
fuck, man. It's like it's like yeah. Basically, we just had to get kids from Florida State, and like that's there's like five Asian kids from Florida State. <laughs> there's like there's a gator sign in the back. No, it's not. Right. <laughs> oh, the, speaking of the sign at the first of the movie when he's going into the school and getting pat down, the sign at the and the background says "Go Ducks, kill all the Indians." Right. <laughs> And it's like, it's horribly insensitive. It's like, you would imagine Native Americans watching this movie are like, man, that is really like... Because even, wow. even if you're talking about a football team, why would you say kill all the Indians? Right, yeah. <laughs> like, even like, if your rival football team are the Indians, yeah. why would you put up a sign that says kill all the Indians? Not like, beat the Indians, destroy the Indians, yeah, it's like, kill, kill the all Indians. the Indians. Right, yeah, and it's like... Wow. It almost makes you wonder if, like, they were like, okay, we just need some kids to, like, just drop signs so that it looks authentic. Yeah, and like, just put them up everywhere. School. And then they forgot about they it. They forgot. And, like, it was in the scene. It just says, go ducks, kill all the Indians. And then, 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 and then Justin Lin's looking at it and it's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm going to apologize to the entire Native American community in America. Like, I'm so sorry. I, I did, We did not. That poster was, like, we just totally forgot about that poster. Yeah, I don't know if anybody that. spotted that poster before Nobody this. Nobody did. And I seen it. I was like, that says kill all the Indians. Yeah, that's not the only sign Easter egg in this movie. There's a few other ones. Right. But yeah. Um, but anyway, as far as the, the comment goes about Japan, I think people just really hated the Japan in this movie. <laughs> so uh, it says... Uh, I wonder, is there anyone here actually from Japan? And were they also insulted by this movie? Not even being Japanese, I found uh, these, uh, or I found these movie, I found this movie greatly insulting to the Japanese culture. I have never been in Tokyo, but in my university, I have met many international students, including some from Japan. This film was set in Tokyo, yet the main character didn't speak Japanese. He was placed in a school where classes were taught in Japanese. Also, I have never seen so many American-speaking Japanese actors in one movie. The uh, film pays no respect to the culture, showing viewers a false world that Japan is truly accessible to non-Japanese speakers, which is not the case. That uh, Also, that the Japanese people are most willing to sideline their own language to benefit one ignorant American person. And the girls that I've met uh, were very polite and educated, interested in classical music and literature in art, history, and politics. The uh, Then some American director makes a movie showing Japanese high school girls in barely any clothes and high heels, but what is even worse if they are pictured as completely brain dead. Their only pursuit in life is to look better than the other girls in order to get a boyfriend who is the fastest drifter. In the movie, they don't even speak, but of course, they don't have any thoughts or ideas. They just need to show off their legs, right? <laughs> Is, it is just as insulting to Japanese male teenagers. Their only interests, of course, consist of fast cars and girls. There is no existence of science, art, music, sports. The world consists of metal containers with rubber wheels and use gas in order to move. And that is the greatest love and passion of all humans. It's also funny that, these, that those teenagers in the movie are in high school, yet spend most of their time discussing cars, looking at cars, racing cars, buying cars, anything else that has to do with cars. Right. Funny because one of my Japanese friends also had a comment about that and said that in the final grades of high school, he was going into science. He had to take biology, advanced physics, and calculus with multiple variables. He, very unfortunately, did not have any time for drifting and, in fact, did not have even enough time for a car at all. 
a very sad reality it was. Okay, so <laughs> this guy is basing... Um, this isn't based on a true story, by the way, so... Oh, this fuck! Is, <laughs> really? I thought this was! <laughs> Shit! So this is a movie. This is not a documentary? This is not. Bullshit! This is about a movie about racing cars. <laughs> it's not a movie about the culture of Japan. Right. It's about a very few group of people that race cars. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I guess he didn't understand that. And, like, the the fictional <clears throat> Japanese friend that he's using for his comments so he can seem like he knows he doesn't have this friend. Yeah, this shit's probably entirely made up. Yeah, he's like, oh, I know a Japanese guy that would fucking hate this movie. Right. And it's like, um, I mean... Probably, you might know a guy, but <laughs> just because in this movie there's a bunch of beautiful women standing around the cars and stuff like that. I mean, that's you, you ever been to like a race, like or even watched them on TV? You can watch them on TV. I mean, you can watch just the drag races. Women are dressed like that there, and then the car shows go to a car show. They have half-naked models standing around the cars. Yeah. yeah that's just can, that's can, part of the culture. Yeah, you can go to, like, you go to, like, a car show, like, in, in Vegas, for example, mm-hmm. and you see, like, you know, like, they have, like, the Monster Energy girls, and they have, like, the NOS mm-hmm. girls that, like, you know, give t-shirts out to fans and take pictures and stuff like that. And what are they wearing? They're wearing, like, really short skirts and, like, you know, like, little skimpy outfits mm-hmm. and stuff like that because that's what you use in car culture, it's like whenever you like, if you go into like a like a say you go into a gas station and you just happen to look at the magazine rack and you look at the uh, car magazines, what's the fucking thing on the cover of those magazines all the time? A woman. It's a chick on top of the car or next to the car. Because they're <laughs> always like, hey, if you get this car, you can maybe get a chick like this. Right? Yeah. That's like man. <laughs> Now you get that badass car, you might get this badass chick. You know? Right. So and it's like women are always marketed with cars, and it's like the thing that I think when people watch this movie, it's like to think the one thing about the Fast and the Furious thing is that they are they're pretty progressive towards women because who's one of the most baddest racers in the Fast and the Furious universe? It's Letty, right? Yeah, Letty. Letty is fucking amazing and the reason that she got dom's attention was because she's a fucking good racer you know like that's one of the reasons that dom is with her because he finds that kind of shit sexy and also it's michelle rodriguez she's sexy enough on her own but also the fact that she can probably beat him sometimes in a race that that does something for him you know that's why letty's so important to his life but women are always shown in these as not really like damsels in distress. Like Letty definitely isn't. No. You know, even though he saved her quite a few times. Yeah. But she's not really like a damsel in distress. I mean, she doesn't come across the way that she's completely helpless. She's pretty right. capable, you know, but it, you know, that's the thing. Even in this movie, Neela, she's a, a drifter. That's what she does. Mm-hmm. She has her own car. She drifts and stuff like that. Primarily because she's, affiliated with DK and, and DK helped her with her car and stuff like that, but she still has to drift it on her own, you know, and she's pretty damn good at it because, you know, there's that sequence where, you know, she's in the car with Sean and they're just kind of like drifting through like the toga stuff in the mountains, you know? And it's, I think it's, it's people are, are like always kind of bitching about this movie and about Well, the Fast and Furious movies in particular about how, it's just everything is revolved around cars. 
Well, yeah, that's what the whole fucking point of these movies are. They're, they're yeah, they're cars. They're movies you see for car some cool people. shit that you can do with cars, right? And you know, this especially this this movie comes out at the time that you have stuff like Need for Speed Underground, and you know, you have like all the video games out there that are doing like the import cars. There's like um like that that game Juiced, and then uh, Midnight Club, and mm-hmm. all those video games that came out. So like the the import car culture and like the drifting culture was getting really big at that time. Uh, even Need for Speed Carbon takes some of the, uh, the the Toga Mountain Race stuff from this movie right. and uses that in that game. So it's like it's just kind of a, it's a cultural thing. But the thing is, if you if you click on something that's called the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, you know the Fast and the Furious movies are about cars and they're about like action and stunts and stuff like that. And if you go to watch this and you're like, well, this is just nothing but like drifting in cars. What the fuck did you expect it was going to be? Right. This isn't Citizen Kane. This is this is a movie about fucking drifting in cars. <laughs> that's the whole point of this. Yeah, this is just a guy that's trying to make a calls that doesn't exist because. But it. But as far as like the Japanese stuff that's that's in this movie, it's like everything in this movie is pretty Japanese. I mean, even from like you know the the pachinko parlor that he goes into when he's. You know, when, when uh, he's like, you know, you know, tag along with Han and they go to the pachinko parlor, they go to the uh, to the bathhouse to try and get that money from. Uh, I don't know if he's a sumo, but he's big like a sumo. The guy has the, the bear tattooed on him, mm-hmm. you know, like that's pretty Japanese right there. I mean, you have Japanese signs everywhere. But the thing where they were talking about how, like, you know, he goes into a Japanese school and, you know, sometimes they're talking English to him. Like, they have to, otherwise he's not going to understand anything right. that they say, you know. Also, you know, the main thing I think about, like, Neela is that she's Australian, so obviously she speaks English. She's lived in Japan for a while, so she's picked up on the Japanese, too. But he starts to learn Japanese as he gets towards the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Because he's been there for, you know, I don't know, probably several months. I don't know how far along he is into his excursion in Japan here, like how many months this takes place over, but, or how, how long, I don't know how long does this movie take place? Do you have any notes about that? Like, does this take place over like three months or four months? No, no No clue. clue. No idea. So, but he starts to learn a little bit of Japanese as he's there because he picks up on some things, probably because he's hanging out with Han all the time. And then sometimes he's hanging out with like Neela. She's probably taught him some Japanese. He's also learning Japanese in school as well. (laughs) So, you know, Wabaki. Well, I, I thought because um, Bow Wow's there because uh, he's a military brat, and uh, um, you know his his dad's also like military, so figure there's probably a American military base nearby, so they probably teach English so you can speak with the Americans that are based there. Yeah, and that's uh, I think. As far as uh, now, that where it says on here, it says like an American, uh, some American director makes a movie showcasing Japanese high school girls in barely any clothes and high heels. Mm-hmm. Justin Lin, is he actually an American or is he like actually Japanese himself? He is not Japanese, but he, he's not. But he's, he was born in America. He was born in California. Okay. Um, I didn't have to look that up. I know Justin Lin. Personally. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um dropper. No, um, he is, uh, <laughs> he, he is Chinese. 
Um, Justin Lin is Chinese? Okay. Yeah. He was born in America, though, in Cali. Because he went to UCLA CLA uh, okay. for film school, too. So, you know, he, he is Chinese, so he would not disrespect anyone's culture, I wouldn't think. Especially, you know, somebody that, you know, shares some same, like, ancestral type, you know, beginnings. Right. So, uh, you know, it's just, whenever you talk about that, it's really messed up because, like, you say that, oh, this American director do it, but these guys aren't happy even if their own director does it. Like, Alex Proyas doing Gods of Egypt maybe. Who's actually Egyptian. Egyptian, and then they called him a racist, even though he is, in fact, Egyptian. Right. (laughs) So he really couldn't be racist if he's making a movie about his own culture. Right. Because if if he thought that it was offensive, he wouldn't work on it, because he'd be like, this isn't real Egyptian. I need real Egyptians to work on this. But it's like, how many Egyptian actors can you find? That's the thing. He probably told the studio, hey, you know, I want to make this movie. Okay. Uh... Who are you going to get? Oh, I'm going to get this guy and this guy. They're two Egyptian actors. I'm like, okay, um, we'll think about it, but we probably won't give you the funding for that. Right, yeah. And then he's like, what if I can get Gerald Butler? Okay, well, you can have your movie if you can get Gerald Butler. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, but that's the thing. It's like, if, so say if you did have, if you had a Japanese director, like an actual for real Japanese director that right. made this movie, they would still complain if it was shot exactly the same and the only difference was that Justin Lin was actually Japanese. People would say like, "Oh, well, they still didn't get Japan right." It's they like, would say the same thing. Well, that was my point about the Alex yeah. Proyas thing. They'll yeah. still say the same stuff. Right. They would say the exact same thing. They would just leave that part out. Yeah. A lot of times, people don't even understand who actually is directing these movies. They just they automatically jump to a conclusion. They assume that because it looks a certain way or it feels a certain way, oh, it just must be some. Just like, you know, generic American, you know, guy who's directing this. It's like, no, this dude is, he is Asian. He's, he's Chinese. So Yeah, but the guy said the magic words early on in that comment where he said, I've never been to Japan. Right. So but, that's But that's he knows that. somebody from his college that <laughs> is from Japan. And it's like, okay, you know, that would be like, uh, that would be like me and Steve being like, yeah, we have like a Japanese friend. We know everything about Japanese culture. No, the fuck we don't. Yeah. You know, we don't understand everything about that culture. It's just like saying to a Japanese person, you know, oh, well, I know American people, so I know everything about America. Right. Nah, you really don't. Unless you live here, you don't actually understand how it works. Yeah, and actually live here for a while. You can't yeah. just go, oh, I spent a week in Japan. I know what they do there. It's like, yeah. no, you don't. You I know, know the what, entire culture. You know what tourists do there. That's what you know. Yeah, you know what you do when you go to visit Japan. But if you're living there. It's totally different things. Working there. Yeah, it's totally different. Like, it's a different type of culture. But so we don't pretend to understand Japanese culture, but um, I'm pretty sure complaints about this movie they wouldn't have. Right. I mean, you know, they wouldn't be like, "Oh yeah, they didn't represent us right." They was probably, you know, because they're more open sexually. Also, by the way, they they wouldn't consider that objectifying at all. They would just consider, "Oh, look at you know, hot girls got to be in a movie. That's cool." Yeah. You know. Uh-huh. And, and and that's the thing too is that like the majority of the women in this movie are you know actually Japanese, right? So you know, or at least of some Asian descent. You know, even if they're not fully Japanese, they're at least Asian. So, but that they did a very good job of like having this movie feel like you're really in Japan. I mean, they even had the Final Fantasy looking guy. So right, yeah, they had they like, nailed the, it. 
Because yeah, there's a lot yeah, of people that dress up Final Fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, but yeah, that's you see that shit in real Japan. <laughs> Only thing he could have done better was have like some cost. Like every time they go to start the race, have like a cosplay chick do it. Right. <laughs> it comes out like- as Pikachu and shit. Talking about, <laughs> you ready? <laughs> Pika. Yeah. Uh, that way. Uh, it's like, but I think that that's, you know, with, when people always want to talk about like a culture specifically on stuff like this, people are going to automatically assume that the culture is wrong, even when it isn't, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, I remember people saying that like, oh, memoirs of a geisha isn't like true to like real life geishas because it was like an American white dude who made that movie. And it's like. There's people that have said that, like, the stuff that goes on in that movie is, like, real stuff that geishas would do. Yeah, just because a guy that didn't actually, like, you don't have to have a geisha direct the movie for it to be real. Right. (laughs) Because how many of those exist? It's like, look at these historians that wrote this. They didn't do it, so it's not real. It's like, that's not how history works. Right. (laughs) Someone has to record it. They don't have to do it, but someone has to record it. Right. You know, (laughs) I mean... And this is how it works. I mean, some people have the talent to direct. If it's somebody like Justin Lin directing the movie, which, you know, he's he's an amazing director. Um, yeah. I mean, he, I, still, <laughs> he still works on the Fast and Furious franchise. And he also did uh, Star Trek Beyond. Yeah. Yeah. So good shit. Yeah, exactly. And Star Trek Beyond is amazing. You know, that that'll be another idea for like a, a trilogy set of movies would be the Star Trek movies. Yeah, because they're probably not going to make any more. Yeah, uh, especially now. So, I mean, like, if nothing else, if that's all we get is just those three movies, we got a pretty good set of three movies. So that would be an interesting trilogy for us to do is the, uh, the the modern Star Trek movies with Pine and Quinto and Zoe Saldana. Uh, I mean, shit, we could probably spend four hours talking about that first one alone, you know? <laughs> so, because I fucking love that movie. It's amazing. It's um, great. But it's like Justin Lin wouldn't get those opportunities and he wouldn't be doing the stuff that he was doing on the Fast and the Furious franchise because after this, he was able to make more movies. He kind of became the director for the Fast and the Furious. If this movie was shit and everybody fucking hated it, I don't think he'd have those kind of opportunities to continue a large franchise like that for Universal, uh-huh. you know? But, uh, but yeah, I guess we'll go ahead and we'll take a, a quick break here and then when we... When we come back, we'll uh, we'll we'll talk about our hero, your hero. We'll talk about Sean because <laughs> oh my god, do people hate him compared to like Vin Diesel or Paul Walker? Fuck, <laughs> people hate Lucas Black. So <laughs> well, much. let's talk about it. Yeah, so we'll take a quick break here, and then when we come back, we'll we'll go and talk about all that. <laughs> all right, guys. At the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Turning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They definitely maneuver and muscle for rank. Few burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secret is stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns. And thanking of someone for whom he still burns. He's going 
the distance. He's going for speed. She's all alone. Yeah, it's basically the plot for this movie. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, although not exactly for speed. No. I think going for speed. Because you know, drifting is more about style, but, you know, you still have to be fast to a degree. Uh, yeah, it's almost the exact plot to the Fast and Furious movies, though. Right, actually. yeah. Yeah, that's true. So it makes me think, they got it from cake. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, and if, if you guys ever had any bets that Steve would, would play a cake song and it would actually be relevant to the, to the actual episode, you've, you've won. You've won money somehow. You've won the pool. Yeah, you've you won, won the pool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so I, I my, my brain hurt a little bit when I kept reading stuff about Lucas Black, and I feel like people feel that he's... He's like the white Keanu Reeves or something. Mm-hmm. Like it's like people, because people we we've covered Keanu on several movies, and people fucking hate Keanu like anything that he does. The only thing that people generally don't bitch about really is John. I mean, Keanu Reeves is white though. <laughs> yeah, I mean he is, but he's also got like Asian ancestry and, yeah. and stuff like that. But um, but the thing is, is that like people fucking hate Lucas Black in this movie specifically. Um, and some people just hate him in general. Some people just totally hate the guy no matter what. But they're just I, it's just a combination of different things. But Just because he's a Bama boy. Yeah, it's just because he's a Bama boy and they're jealous. Um, it's uh, it, it, As far as the comment goes, it's interesting that uh, people just... <laughs> for some reason, people feel like he's super old. Well, I'll just get into it so you understand what I'm talking about. He's 23. Right, yeah. So it says we figured main, it out. Today. <laughs> so it says the main character Sean is a 34-year-old street racer who apparently has been held back in school for 17 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's 20 he's 23 years old. Yeah, like in reality he was 23 at when the time. When he made the movie. When he made the movie. He's supposed to be like 17 or something. He's he's, he's actually yeah, they even say like, you know, you're going to be in jail before your 18th birthday. Yeah, so he's, so he's 17, 17 in the movie, movie as far as the character goes. Uh, he's the oldest high school student on planet Earth. In fact, in a remarkable feat of human biology, he is about the same age as his mother and father. He also has the most improbable and inconvincing or unconvincing Southern U.S. accent imaginable. After smashing up some cars and destroying an entire housing development, he is sent to live in Japan with his Navy dad, who apparently fathered him at the age of about nine. For reasons never explained, his father is not allowed to live on the naval base, but has to reside in a minuscule Japanese slum. Uh, and Sean, yep, still in high school, despite being middle-aged, uh, doesn't go to the Navy base school, where instruction would be in English, but instead is enrolled at a private Japanese academy, despite the fact that he knows not a single word of Japanese. Apparently no one, not even his teachers uh, there, seem to think this will be a problem. Naturally, the first girl he sees in class is the only Caucasian student in the entire school, if not in the entire city, so she becomes the very boring love interest. He also meets the only African-American student. Obviously, these two must be his best friends and uh, best friend and girlfriend because they are the only non-Asians around. Sean comes to Japan as a dirt-poor, ignorant American kid, which is in quotes, who manages to get an expensive car free from a new friend, 
master racing in a day, ruin and rebuild cars in hours with a budget of nothing, and capture the hearts of every babe he sees. How did he learn to be the best at drifting in a few days when he was nowhere uh, as good of a racer as is? Um. Well, for one, <laughs> the accent was real. He's yeah, he actually, actually from Alabama. He's from Alabama. That's <laughs> actually how he talks. That is his real accent. So if you, so if you had a shit, problem with the accent, that was real. <laughs> drive down to Alabama and see how these motherfuckers talk. Yeah, I mean, we don't all talk like that, but he Steve's does. He's from Alabama, and he doesn't talk like that. Yeah, but he does, so that's not a fake southern accent. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of one that I've seen in a movie recently, and I was like, well, that's that's fake. It was it was an English actor trying to do a southern accent. It's always funny whenever English people try to do southern accents because that's the one thing they really can't do. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like they can almost master like any other uh, accent whenever they do movies, but whenever it's like, hey, do a southern accent, and then you hear them, you're like, oh, that's awful. That's just kind of cringeworthy. <laughs> That's the worst. But uh, no, this this wasn't fake, um, and I don't think it's you're supposed to think that he's mastering drifting in a day because he's helping Han with his business and learning drifting on the side, which makes me think that it's you know at least a couple months. Yeah, it's, but it's a Justin Lin has this thing with time lapse, so it's really hard to find out how long. He really doesn't want you to know. And the reason he does that is just like in this movie, if he needs to go back and add something to one of his stories that happened in this story, he can do it without having to explain it to you. Right. Cause you can just be like, Oh, okay. Well, while Han was, was, you know, had Sean kind of like as his helper and was, you know, doing stuff and he was also training him on how to drift and he was, you know, teaching him about how to build the cars and, all that kind of stuff, we could interject something that Han was doing during the same time, mm-hmm. and it would make sense because you're like, oh, well, that was the when he was like working with Sean and mm-hmm. you know teaching him stuff and kind of getting him, you know, into his little world there, and it, you know it, 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 he definitely doesn't master it like in a day. Like you even see him at the docks where you know they're tears off some cars, and he didn't get a car for free. He had to work. Yeah. For that car, like, <laughs> yeah. because Han was just like, you can drive mine. And then yeah. it's getting wrecked and shit, and he's just sitting there fucking eating like he he Brad Pitt's the shit out of his character right. in the early parts of the movie. Han loves his snacks. Yeah, he's like, just snacking. He's always got, like, like Brad little... Pitt and Robert Downey Jr. on set. They always have snacks hidden everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, uh, but... It's like he definitely doesn't master it in a day, and you know, even in the final race that he does against DK, he's still he's still making some mistakes on that, but he's way more polished than he was when he started. You know, I mean, even in like the initial race that he did up against, uh, you know, the 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 football dude, you know, Zachary Ty Bryan's character, when he was going up against him, I mean, he was still reckless as shit when he was doing that. I mean, mm-hmm. he's got the potential. He just has a lot of don't give a fuck, and he doesn't really care sometimes about doing it the right way. Yeah, he. I mean, he wasn't as good as, like, Brian or something whenever he started racing because he was actually pretty good whenever he first raced in street racing against Dom, but he just wasn't experienced. Right. So, But this guy just wanted to be a racer, but also he's 17 years old. Right. Not in, you know, you know the, the fucking... 
FBI or whatever the fuck Brian was in, <laughs> you know, yeah, going undercover Brian, and yeah, shit. Brian, but he was not the FBI. Yeah, he so like he already like passed like FBI exams, and he they already knew he knew how to drive because he like ace driving school and shit like that. Right. Yeah. So they already knew he knew how to race, so they're like, hey, you need to go undercover with Dom. And, yeah, because but, you can actually pull this off because yeah. you know the Because you can actually race, because what are we going to do with anybody else? Hey, go race this against Dom. And it's like, oh, well, I'll, I'll spell like five car, you know, five cars or something like that. And it's like, well, he's never going to talk to you again. Yeah, no, you're done. <laughs> you have to be credible if you're going to be undercover yeah. like that, you know. But uh, it's... Um... <laughs> uh, uh, <sighs> I, I think that, like, as far as, like, you know, people saying, like, why is his dad, like, living, like, inside of Tokyo proper and, like, a small place and he doesn't live, like, on the base? I was like, I got the I got the impression that, like, you know, he might be, like, retired Navy and maybe he's not actually part of the Navy anymore or he might maybe. just, you know, something like that. And it's like because he has all the Navy stuff, but... They don't actually say in the movie that he's like active, like for real military, like right now, right? I got the idea that he was probably like retired from the navy and he just stayed in Japan. I don't know. That's that's a good. That's because they don't really explain that in the movie. Yeah, I, I don't think when they wrote it, I just think that they were probably like, well, he's not really a part of the story. He's just kind of the plot device to get him from here to here. Yeah. We just need, we need a dad figure that he can go to or like, yeah. like his dad. It's like, why is he here? Well, this is why. Cause he, he, he messed up too much in America and his dad lives in uh, Tokyo. So bam, he has yeah. to go live with his dad. And it's like, now well, the movie's his dad in start. Tokyo. Uh, Cause he was in the Navy. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, that sounds good enough. You know, it almost seems yeah. like like a, like a Ryan George pitch meeting thing. And it's like, it was like, well, why does his dad live in the, why does his dad live because. in the Because. Because he's in the Navy. <laughs> why is he in the Navy? Because, because I needed he, it for the plot. Because I needed it for the plot to make sense. It's oh, like, okay, fair, fair enough. enough. <laughs> you know, we should, we should do that for Ryan George and be like, hey, seriously, do a pitch meeting on, on Tokyo Drift. Yeah. And they'll be like, hey, that was our fucking idea. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll definitely, uh, Pass that along. Yeah, hit up one of his videos and uh, yeah. and see if you can suggest that in the comments and be like, you know, hey, we were we were discussing you on our podcast. Please do an please do a pitch meeting on Tokyo Drift, and if that happens, you know, we cause it to happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. So everybody listening here, blow up his message board or yeah. the comment section on YouTube to his latest video. Right. So be like, please do a please do a pitch meeting on Tokyo Drift, yeah. And then leave, you know, at Beyond the Hate Podcast. Yeah, but uh, gotta get them clicks. No, yeah. <laughs> get them clicks. We need them dollars. Uh, we need the pennies. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, <laughs> but the other thing too is that somebody because people constantly were saying like, why the fuck is he in a Japanese academy or like a Japanese high school? When he doesn't actually speak Japanese and he's oh, he's just an American. Probably because he's in Japan. Right, yeah. But, you know, that, that's the thing. Cause, you know, because somebody was like, why isn't he, uh, you know, going to like a school at the naval base? And that's what makes me think that maybe his dad is like retired Navy and not active because, yeah, he probably would Maybe. Have We've son. put way too much thought into his dad. But that's the thing. It's like, but that's <laughs> what people complain about. They're like, this shit doesn't make sense for Sean because, like, his dad doesn't make sense. And it's like, his dad's not the main part of this movie. If you're focusing yeah. on the dad, 
who's in like what three scenes? Maybe. Like maybe three scenes. There's the scene where he gets the the body of the Mustang at the end. There's this. Uh, there's the scene where he uh, first meets up with him and he's got that um, he's got that girl with him and he shows up Sean shows up a little bit early and you know kind of like breaks his dad's mojo because he's with that girl and then there's like one more scene where like he, uh, he he comes back home late after he's been out doing stuff for a while and his dad kind of like yells at him about like you know if you don't if you don't get your shit together you're gonna be in jail you know is this what you want with your life and all that kind of stuff well there's another like, scene where his dad pulls uh, where the guy uh, DK pulls the gun on him, and his dad pulls the gun on DK. Yeah, so he's in like four scenes basically. Mm-hmm. So they're going crazy about like trying to figure out the logic of the dad and how he relates to all this. And he's in like four scenes. Like you're paying way too much attention to a character that's not meant to be a big, big part of the story. Right. Yeah. You know, but uh, it, I, it's just like I don't understand why like people. And also, why are people thinking that he's like in his thirties? I mean, people, what do people think that Lucas Black looks like way too old for what he's supposed to be in this movie? He looks like a teenage kid because at the time, in reality, he, like you said earlier, he was 23. He was 23. No, I don't think he looks like a teenager. I mean, he looks close enough to me. Yeah. I think he does look like he's in his 20s, but I don't care. I've watched plenty of movies where they're characters are in high school the scream movies all them people were like way too old to be playing people in high school yeah it's like it's like courtney but those were great cox movies yeah like courtney cox is like 28 in that movie yeah like uh uh it's like our cat like david our he's supposed to be like yeah jesus yeah does he look like he's in high school like right. at any point of his life even when he was in high school right. did not look like he needed to be there right uh, <laughs> You know, sometimes you, you just, but sometimes you just have to ignore some of that because, I mean, you can't, you obviously can't be like, hey, Jason Bateman, we need you to come play a high schooler. Because, uh, you know, he's past that. Right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you can get somebody in their 20s and let them play a high schooler. I mean, you can tell, you know, unless you're like Justin Timberlake, I think he could probably just shave and play a high schooler. Yeah, Orlando uh, Bloom could just be like, I, I'm going to play a 16-year-old. Yeah, okay, it makes sense. <laughs> I mean, that's all he'd have to do is just shave, and Orlando Bloom would yeah. like be about 16, you know? But yeah. he could still pull that off, because it's like, whatever he does, he has a really good regiment for his skin or something, or he just takes really good care of himself, because it's like, some of these, these actors just really don't age, but I don't understand why everybody thought Lucas Black looked like super old in this movie. He, doesn't I mean, he didn't look teenage. super old. He just didn't look like, he doesn't look like a teenager, but he doesn't look like he's in his thirties either. But sometimes like, you do see people in high school that actually are like, they, they do appear to look older than what they actually are. Well, yeah, I mean, that's true. Yeah. I mean, cause you see people that I, they actually do like, because they're either they've just matured faster and they just, they look like they're older, even though they aren't, it happens. But everybody just always freaked out when I was going through the comments and everybody's like talking about how Lucas Blake looks like he's way too old to play Sean in this movie. And I'm like, I don't get that. No, he doesn't look that old. I don't care about that. I, I mean, mean <laughs> but, like, but if you're nitpicking about that and you're thinking like, oh, he has a, he looks like he's way too old to play this character. What the fuck? Did, did you buy a ticket to go sit in the movie theater and critique how Lucas Black looks at his face? Like, I mean, did you not see his face before you came and seen this movie? <laughs> Did you not? Was he not on the poster or something? And you just had no fucking clue what he looked like. This was 2006. I mean, there were the internet existed. Yeah, and there are. IMDb existed. Yeah, there's. He was in stuff. Right. (laughs) 
He was a Friday Night Lights. So if you was like, hey, this doesn't make any sense, don't go watch it. You know, that's what I do. I just, yeah. I don't know why everybody just really, people just hated that character. Okay. But, uh, uh, but talking about hating characters, we'll go to this and then. Well, another character. Okay. We'll, no, we'll talk about like a few of the other characters that okay. are like around the story. So, uh, uh, so since we're, this is kind of like piggybacking on the end of the Lucas Black conversation. Okay. So it says Lucas Black couldn't stop, uh, couldn't top Paul Walker or Vin Diesel. I don't think he was trying to. Uh, I didn't think he was going to. How could anyone? But he was just a terrible leading man. He was dull and boring and had zero charisma. Paul he Walker, had charisma. Paul Walker and Vin Diesel are certainly not dull or boring, and they both have charisma. They were able to use that charisma to make you cheer them on and root for them as you watch the original movie. I don't know what they were thinking when they cast Lucas Black to play the hero. The problem with the cast was the choice for Sean and for Neela. Uh, the first for being a bad actor. The latter because I think they injected her with so much Botox that except her mouth moving and eyes blinking and shedding some fake tears, you don't see any kind of facial expression whatsoever. And the rest of the cast was good, even the Japanese guy playing the badly made character DK. Uh, the characters are all just unlikable people, and their money and their possessions are just implausible. In this third film, the lead character is just as dumb, uh, a, a punky teenager who you can never respect no matter what. You will just want to kick him in the face and tell him to shut up. Then there's his pal, who is a, a black market dealer with a brand new tricked-out minivan. But he is only a junior in high school, so how, how could he have come across the cash to get that car? Same with Zachary uh, Bryan's character who drives a Dodge Viper SRT-10 in high school. Then to add insult to injury, the actors all gave crappy performances. The only person who gave a respectable performance was Vin Diesel, who made just a cameo. Well, that's just, I mean, this is that's not even really a whole comment, it doesn't feel like. It's just the guy not liking it because the original characters aren't in it. That's right. pretty simple. Now, this I mean, is actually two different things because I split them in two. The first one was one thing, and the other one was like somebody else saying that you know that they didn't really like that they didn't like any of the people in this movie. They didn't like any of the characters, you know. And but it's like to me, it's like if you go into this movie and you're expecting Lucas Black's character to be like just like Paul Walker, like you know, as this like a like charming you know dude like Brian was in like the first two movies. He's just not Lucas Black isn't that type of dude, but he does have his own certain type of charm. Yeah, I mean Paul Walker isn't even his own leading man in the franchise. They had to bring Vin Diesel back, right? Yeah, because they tried to run the franchise without Vin in the second movie, and people did not like it. Yeah, you I know, mean he, Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah, they 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 work together really well, but separately, I mean, the, the, fran the Fast and Furious franchise just cannot survive without Vin Diesel a lot of times whenever you're talking about the main story. This one doesn't have anything to do with the main story. It's just Fast and Furious presents Tokyo Drift type deal. Like, hey, this is from the people that brought you Fast and the Furious, and this movie is called Tokyo Drift. Right. Part of me thinks that if they would have just made this movie and called it Tokyo Drift, it would have got less hate. Because then they wouldn't associate it with Paul Walker or Vin Diesel, and people would have just watched this movie. Right. 
So do you think that that's the reason why maybe it got the backlash that it did because everybody was expecting it to be like, okay, so this is going to be like a Fast and the Furious with, you know, Paul Walker and Vin Diesel in Japan. This is going to be awesome because they're going to bring in all the, the import tuner cars and stuff like, well, it would be imports over there, but like all the Japanese tuner cars. And then when they get Lucas Black and they get, you know, Bow Wow and like stuff like that, and they're like, ah, what the fuck is this? <laughs> well, their first idea for this movie was to have it be Brian whenever he was in high school. Oh, so Sean would have been a young version of Brian when he was just kind of a punk teenager. But Paul Walker looked too old to do it. <laughs> okay. That's what they said. And then they almost cast it Channing Tatum, but apparently he failed multiple auditions. Right. Uh, and then, he's not really an actor. <laughs> yeah, he just, I mean, uh, probably a lot of people, it's like, why didn't they get Channing Tatum? It's like, uh, probably because a lot of the acting in this has to do with reaction acting, and I would have just, whew, man, that face, that would not have been intense. <laughs> because I remember the comment when I was talking earlier, I was like, when you see Lucas Black in the car and he's like doing the in-car stuff where he has to react and he has to do his facial expressions, like when he's trying to get the car to react to what he's doing, he's like, oh, you know, and he has like his mad face and he's like confident. He's like, yeah, I got this. And, you know, you can tell the story of how the race is going by, by his face. And Vin Diesel is fucking amazing at that because Vin, you can tell everything you know about the race from his facial expressions mm-hmm. because of how much he's putting into his performance inside the actual car. And it's like, <laughs> you can imagine Channing Tatum doing something like that, and you would be like, ah, dude, what are you doing with your face? Stop doing that. Are you taking a shit are right you now, Channing Tatum? Did they put a toilet inside of your your part of the car? Are, are you taking a shit? <laughs> <laughs> you look like you're just dropping a deuce. It's like, no, I want you to look intense, but I don't want you to look like you're taking a deuce, man. Like, you can't look like Show that. me your intense face, Channing. You're, you're fine. Yeah, no, I can't. That's just, that's that's not intense. What the fuck is that? <laughs> that's, that's not intense. Yeah, do you know what intense you're flicking, looks like? You're flicking your tongue at me. Yeah. <laughs> like, this isn't a sexual movie. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> when those girls are stripping, can I go up and show them how to twerk? No, that's no. not the character at all. You're... Okay. <laughs> are, you the, are you the male Cardi B? Everything is solved by shaking your ass. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> so you have good sides and bad sides of Alabama. Channing Tatum's also from Alabama. (laughs) Exactly. So we have great people from Alabama that do the state well, like Lucas Black, who actually has a career. He has a future. He's on the New Orleans NCIS show. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. And you have Channing Tatum, who's probably just going to make Magic Mike forever until he gets old and he can't do it anymore. And then it'll be Flabby Mike. Yeah, it'll be Flabby Mike. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Uh, 45 years old Mike. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Hey, ladies, how about that I'll be shit? remaking Roadhouse and shit at that point. Right. He'll just be going through, like, all the Patrick, Patrick Swayze's catalog. <laughs> They'll okay, be like, okay, now that, you're, now that you're 42, we want you to remake Dirty Dancing. It's like, why is that? It was like, well, you know, that movie's about, like, this, like, 30-something-year-old trying to fuck a kid. <laughs> 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 Uh, that's, a, that's a blur for the back of the box. This is, this is a movie about a 30 year old guy who wants to dance and also wants to fuck a kid. It's like, she's whoa. like 16 or something. Uh, 
Yeah, baby, how old is baby in that movie? I think she's, she's supposed to be sixteen, and he's like thirty. Yeah, that movie, dirty dancing is about it's about statutory, statutory rape. Right? Oh my god! That's why her dad's the good guy in the movie. He's For the real? dick. He's like, stay the fuck away from my, my daughter. daughter. <laughs> and she's like, no, I want to fuck that old. Dude. I want to fuck that old man. Like, but like, but he looks like Patrick Swayze. He looks beautiful. It's like, yes, but you're underage. You can't be. You, you can't, can't be, be doing this. You can't be staying at his little cabin or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know that. I, yeah. I fucking watched that movie. It's like, I remember like, this is so romantic. I was like, she's like 16. Yeah. This is like <laughs> really, this is super uncomfortable. Like if that movie came out now, everybody would be like, this is not appropriate. This is yeah. not cool. This, you have a teenage girl that's being, you know, that's like going after some like 30 something year old dude who's teaching her how to, how to like, you know, dance and stuff. And. It's like, yeah, it's like what out. is it? What are they doing? Are we making Dirty Dancing? It's like, yeah, with who? Channing Tatum and Millie Bobby Brown. It's like, isn't she like fourteen? She's like fourteen. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but the movie should be sixteen, so it won't be as statutory. It's <laughs> like, what? I, I, they have a sex scene in the original one. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's still gonna happen. You can, no, that's illegal. Yeah, you're literally putting statutory rape on a, on a film. Like you're, you can't do that. Like that's the thing. Something is about something's about or like the movies we used to watch are actually like really uncomfortable when you look at them through the new lens that we all have about you know, especially yeah. in the post Harvey Weinstein era with the Me Too movement and all that stuff. It's like, that was weird even before that. Yeah, though. that was that, weird even before Harvey Weinstein. But yeah, you know, like, I don't need Harvey Weinstein to tell me that. Right, yeah. Because <laughs> that was just, I always thought that. I was like, how old is he supposed to be? And he's supposed yeah. to be like 30 or something. Yeah. Because like, he works was, there. Or in his like, uh, you know, like middle to upper 20s probably. But still. Still doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah it's still <laughs> statutory whether, you know, yeah. as soon as he's over a certain age, then it's already statutory no matter what. You know, whether it's by a few mm-hmm. years or 10 years, it doesn't matter. It's still just because they're on like a damn vacation as a family. Right. Right. And then she she like goes and learns that dirty dance and shit from the bad boy, which has worked there for like five years or some shit like that. Yeah, probably got that's probably did that after he got out of college. <laughs> and then he's like, you know what? I really want to go after this guy's little daughter. And it's like <laughs> this is this movie is really cringeworthy now to watch. You know, and it's like. <laughs> Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze. He, he's guy. awesome in the movie, but the, whoever wrote that movie. <laughs> they got some personal demons. They, they got some to, shit they need to work that out. That movie was a cry for help. Was it Roman Polanski that wrote that oh, movie? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my God>. oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. This, this movie was inspired by Roman Polanski. Roman Polanski. Like, it's like, whoa. Holy shit. Yeah. I went there. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Okay, right. next comment. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay, so... This movie's about drifting and it's about cars. Obviously. It is? Wait, wh- right. where was a car in this movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah, every scene. Yeah, like literally every scene has something with a vehicle in it. Uh, there are some really beautiful women in this movie, too. Like. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's some beautiful ass cars in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like that's what Lucas Black cared about more because he's like he's like smiling when he's walking through there with the chicks at like Han's place, and then he gets to like the car garage, and then he just starts glowing. He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, oh shit, look yes. at this sexy bitch!" And then yeah. the 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 
a motorcycle with the two NOS bottles mounted on top. Right. There's no way that motorcycle could take that. No, there's no it way. Was, it there's, would tear apart or blow we were, up. We were talking about that earlier. Like, okay, that would be a really fun experiment until either it explodes or it fucking... It shot you off into fucking space. Right, yeah. You would, you would fucking just fly off that motorcycle and they'd never find your body. You'd still be floating somewhere. It's like, well, a man landed on Mars. Unfortunately, he was dead. Right. Uh, but the method of him getting there was actually from a NOS power Motorcycle. motorcycle. Never be two things I ever say in a sentence on yeah. newsfeed. Yeah. He uh, hit it. And he hit it and he actually flew off the side of the earth because you know there's a wall there, but it went straight through there. Yeah. It went straight off. Right over the ice wall that's around Antarctica. Yeah. yeah the ice wall. Because right the earth right is flat. Right. And he just went straight off. <laughs> straight off. And, and he fell. fell. Onto the moon. Yeah, onto the moon. He fell onto the moon, yeah. That's how it works. That's the what. Side that's how. They, that's how the, that was. That bike was designed to prove the flat Earth. Right? <laughs> you just fall off the side of the Earth and just, two NOS models on a motorcycle. Just fall on the moon. <laughs> you know, we hit it like a golf shot. You know, you get you get enough momentum, you get enough angle, you can fall on the moon. You know, it's just El- how it works. Elvis is down there hanging out with aliens. Yeah, uh, Jimi Hendrix and shit. Yeah, Jimi Hendrix was like, "Damn, I only he could have made it." Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah it's <laughs> but uh the the one the, the car in this movie that uh that really grinds my gears that really gets that really that, really you know, grinds my gears it really grinds my gears not like in a negative way but in a good way is, uh han's uh orange and black uh rx7 with the body kit. right Holy fuck. And, you know, RX-7, I've always been a big fan of Mazdas. I own a Mazda, full disclosure. Yeah, he drifts with it. Yeah. (laughs) No, if I drifted with my shit, it would fall apart. Uh, Basically, I have a micro machines for a vehicle. Yeah. It's better than my old car, but... It's uh, like a Mini Coupe, but gayer. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you're going to $1,000 You got to pay more because, you know, we all know that Gay people are better at stuff, so you got to get the gay version of it. Yeah, because it's going to be better quality. They're more obsessive-compulsive when they build right. stuff. Right. You know? Um, that's why you always want to buy chairs from a gay man, because you know you put a lot of work into Unless it. Unless it's a rocking chair. Then right, he, yeah. there has to be a man that spits right. on the ground. <laughs> tobacco, lots of it. Yeah. They're like, hey man, is this a good rocking chair? Uh, I'll, I'll take, I'll take two. Shot. I'll that take two. Was, that was some skull. This is good shit. Yeah. This is a good chair. This is going to be a good <laughs> chair, yeah. Uh, but uh, I've always been a big fan of Mazdas, and uh, the RX-7 has, like, you know, one of the best, like, rotary engines they ever made, mm-hmm. you know? And it's uh, interesting because as soon as you see Hans right in this movie... The rotator and, cuffs are tight on the couplings, aren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that rotary engine, like, when you... Especially... When he does that thing where there's that there's those two girls that are like parked in the middle of the, mm-hmm. of the square, and he like starts doing that like circle drift mm-hmm. and going around them and stuff, and then he gets that chick's phone number, you know, as he like completes one of those rotations and he drives off or whatever. It's uh, it, it's just so interesting to see that car in action because you're like, fuck, that is a beautiful looking RX-7. Even Neela's Neela's car, which was like it was a, a it was a body kitted uh, RX-8. Like, that was really good. Um, DK's was a uh, body kit mod on a Nissan 350Z. So, if I'm not mistaken, it was a 350Z. It looked like a 350Z. So, they have, like, some really, really damn good cars in this movie. Right. I mean, even the... Cars uh, are tight. There's Yeah, cars are tight. So, the 
the Lancer Evolution, the Mitsubishi that he gives him as kind of like his gift for like being part of uh, of Han's little group now. Uh, that was really badass too, because that's what he starts to learn to drift in as the Mitsubishi. So like it's you know for somebody especially who is into import cars, you can see some of these things in the movie, and like they don't point out exactly what every car is because they're like if you're a car person, you'll know what they are when you see them, you know. So it's like I well, it'd be out. kind of exhausting if they're like this is this. This is a. It would have yeah, been like they they do the cars like Scott Pilgrim versus the world, and they're like, don't don't. Yeah, <laughs> and then it just pops up on screen and it's like Mazda, you know what? <laughs> and it starts describing it and everything, and it's like, oh, no, no, I'm not into that. Right? Yeah, it's like I'm not playing a game; I'm watching a movie. Like you don't have to explain everything and hit us over the head with it. But uh, <laughs> for you stupid fucking people, here you go. Yeah, this is an RX-8. This is a Nissan 350Z. You know? you know, almost think they should like make like movies for some people and then have like the dummies version of this yeah. movie. Yeah, they could have like <laughs> Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift normal version and then Tokyo Drift retard version. Fucking cars, you know, or anything, and just be like, you know, you know how you, you watch some of those movies where they have like little trivia bubbles that pop uh-huh. up and tell you stuff. And it's like it pops up and it says like this car is a Mitsubishi Lancer yeah. Revolution. This one. In case you, and it's like pointing to it with like a little, you know, like yeah. a little arrow, you know. And, and it's and like it can like even hear you like if you have like a one of the playstations with a mic or something. And you're like, oh, well, what the fuck is his dad there? And you just see like a little bubble pop up and he's like, his dad is a retired navy officer. Right. And it's just like pointing there. It's like, oh. oh. <laughs> okay, well that explains. They should start doing that. Yeah, they should just have like like those voice command pops up. Oh come on, why the fuck would he do that? And it's just like boom, and it's like explains and they're like, oh, okay, okay. Well, I, I don't feel. Uh, I, I'm about to go bitch about this online, and then it like responds to you. It's like, why? What's the problem? That doesn't make any sense. Watch the rest of the movie. It will. Oh, I didn't think about that shit. I didn't think. Usually, if it doesn't make sense immediately, I'm going to go <laughs> and bitch about it, right? Oh, so you won't let the plot finish. I think that's most people that bitch online. They don't even finish watching the movie. No, they don't. Or either that or they were playing Snake on their fucking Nokia phone. And that's an addictive game. That is an addictive game. Yeah. They need to make a world championship snake tournament. Right. <laughs> go ahead and find out who the best players in gaming really are. Right. Fuck that Fortnite shit. Or Pac-Man. Fuck Starcraft. Pac-Man can eat a dick. Snake. With all them cherries and shit. Yeah. You can't outrun that tail. You just gotta see how long you can go. Right. <laughs> Some serious shit. People who own Snake are gonna be like, why the fuck do they mention us in like every podcast? Yeah. I have Snake on my Roku. <laughs> do you for real? I do. <laughs> yeah. Oh my Get god. Get Snake on your Roku. <laughs> Shit's the most modern badass game ever. Yeah. It's a snake that goes around in circles. <laughs> tries not to eat itself. <laughs> Snakes are stupid. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, anyway. Uh, so. <laughs> so we'll, <laughs> we'll go ahead and finish it up here with, with, with this section. So it says, uh, uh, Sean gets into a drift racing, something I never heard of before, and I can see why. It's not very interesting to watch. Apparently, it consists of taking a small import vehicle with front-wheel drive and while going uh, fast through a sharp turn, allowing the car to fishtail. 
While this seems possible enough for a skilled stunt driver on a closed track, uh, per the credits, I do wonder if it is possible to do this continuously while driving. That is, uh, to essentially drive sideways almost the entire time. Yes, it is possible. Watch anything that Ken Block does on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, seriously, I doubt this. It's also not especially fast. you're stupid uh, and you skip physics. Right. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Uh, it's also not especially fast, <laughs> which makes it fairly dull to watch. It's all bullshit. This whole high school of thin, model-like kids who have no jobs, don't study, own $100,000 cars and uh, the that they wreck nightly. The big final race occurs, and the hero's dad, amazingly, has the... Yet again, the dad comes up again. The hero's dad, amazingly, has the body of a classic 60 Mustang. Uh, a somewhat unlikely situation in Japan, not just the car, but the idea that he has an entire garage... For this purpose, in one of the world's most expensive and crowded cities, so Sean and his friends take the engine out of one of the Japanese cars he has wrecked earlier in the film. In a few hours, they manage to install this into a '60s muscle car. Hello, is this possible? I admit I am not a mechanic or specialist, but it does not seem logical that you could retrofit a Japanese front-wheel drive Nissan engine into a vintage 1960s American rear-wheel drive car. If it could be done at all, it seems to me that it would take a long time and involve a lot of custom parts. That's not even considering that they drive on the opposite side of the road in Japan, or that a 60s-era car would be much heavier than a current model Japanese car. The movie producers decided that American muscle would beat out Japanese supercars. Not only is it nauseating pampering to U.S. viewers, it's totally untrue, except in a movie. Japanese cars corner like these corner like they are on rails, is, is all they were built for. On the other hand, American cars like the old Mustang shown uh, corner uh, like tanks. Don't get me wrong. On a flat stretch, they are hard to beat. But in a drifting battle, I love the old Mustangs. But a cornering machine, it isn't. Well, no, probably not. Uh, but counterweights can fix that. Um, yep. You know, how, how you make things, you know, turn well is usually they're just lighter. Like... You don't have more as much, yeah, more suspension. Do. But you know, overall, it's it's way easier to turn lighter stuff. That's why, you know, F one cars can take the turns that they make, where NASCAR cars will probably just hit the fucking wall. Right. Yeah. Um, but also, you have you know several thousand pounds of downforce on an F one car being generated by the aerodynamics. That, yeah, uh, aerodynamics. So the muscle car would be a bit slower. Um taking the turns but it probably end up taking it with more momentum so they could probably go further yeah. in the drift as long as you had your counterweight done now how long it take to do that i don't know i don't know how long it would take to retrofit that i don't think that's the point of this movie i don't think it's like hey the main point of this movie is how long would it take to retrofit a nissan into a fucking muscle car right. i mean that's not the point of this movie so just but you they know. did actually build that. They took Yeah, they fucking, built it for real. Yeah, they took a Mustang and they put a fucking Nissan engine in it. Yeah, you can do it anything. All you have to do is build the mount and yeah, they do drive on a different side of the road, but then you would have to switch the you know, the 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 drive. Yeah. You know, but I don't know how long it'd take to do that. It wouldn't take that long. And besides, they don't necessarily say how long it's gonna take for them. To do the, the toga race. Yeah, it could it could have been like six months, or it could have been a week. It could have been two weeks. Yet again, Justin Lin doesn't give you any indication. He doesn't time. do time lapses. He doesn't say a lot of times like no, six weeks later. It's weeks just later. like 
hey, you get a feeling that this is further in time than the last time you've seen it? It probably is. Or it might not. He's not going to fucking sit there and hold your hand. Right. You just use your own imagination. That's called storytelling. When right. you suspend someone in a story. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure you probably just had your little comment section opened up on your laptop the whole time you were watching this movie. Oh, that's stupid. Right. This is stupid. How could they put a Nissan engine in an old 60s Mustang? I you thought know, that body. was cool. And yeah, muscle cars are a big part of uh, Fast and Furious. If you don't like it, don't fucking watch it. Right. Vin Diesel's going to drive one in every movie. Right. But Brian always drove the, the Ford. They're not dissing anything from ja- Japan. They fucking use the shit out of Japanese cars in the fucking Fast and Furious mm-hmm. franchise. It just always comes down to Vin drives the American muscle cars. Right. You know, and they kind of push those in some of the Fast and the Furious movies. Mm-hmm. So, but they also push some of the hyper cars, too. Yeah, because, you, know? you know, Brian, he's got him. You know, Han, he's in the other Fast and the Furious movies. He he drives, you know, his car. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's got that badass RX-7 in this movie. Yeah. Know? So. They do a pretty good job of representing like all different types of vehicles, you know, because, I mean, even. Yeah, it's a really fucking long rap video slash car commercial. <laughs> They're not dissing any car. They're just like, hey, we're going to represent old school muscle cars because this is what people that love cars love to rebuild. They love to rebuild muscle cars. Right. That's why Chevelles are always a huge thing to get rebuilt. Old you Corvettes. know, uh, Mustangs, Corvettes, even Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds, especially. You know, yeah. people like to rebuild those. It's like old school American muscle cars is a thing for people that love cars. So they always include them in movies. Dodge and it's always, and yeah, yeah, it's always a big reveal at the end. It's not like, oh, it's because it's the best car. It's like, nope, because you haven't seen these cars in almost the whole movie. And then at the end, it's like, all right, here you go. You get to see one of these old school cars in action. Yeah. And it's going to be a motherfucker. Yeah, like the like that uh, that '70s uh, black black charger that then has that Vin uses. Yeah. It's like as soon as that black charger rolls you're out, like, you're oh, like, oh shit, he's done some fucking shit to that car. Because the, anytime uh, Dom works on one of those muscle cars, it is a fucking beast. Its torque is ridiculous. Yeah, it's as overall, soon as he hit that thing in the race or whatever, his fucking car went straight up. Uh huh. So much power it lifted the fucking car. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually, like, it starts to stabilize and the back of mm-hmm. it, you know, the front of it comes down. But, you know, that's why, like, in, like, real, like, NHRA drag racing, they have to, like, the like the, the, the funny cars or whatever, the alcohol funny cars, they have to have that big wing on the front to keep the nose down so it doesn't just, like, backflip as soon as the torque hits. So, but that's the thing is, like, for people who are, like, watching this and if they're, like... Well, how the fuck did they fit a Nissan engine into, like, a Mustang body? You're missing the whole point of this. It's mm-hmm. like, it's pretty plausible that Sean, they even show you in the beginning of the movie that Sean's a pretty capable mechanic because he works on his own stuff. Right. You know, he was working on his own stuff because he was uh, he was in, like, auto shop, you know, working on vehicles or whatever when that one kid was getting harassed and he was getting, like, messed up with the, the spray gun or whatever mm-hmm. when they were, like, bullying that Hazing kid. them and yeah, stuff. Yeah, they, like, ha- they were, like, hazing them with, like, the, the spraying them with the paint and everything. You know, so he's in shop class. You know he already knows how to work on vehicles. He's pretty he's pretty, a pretty handy mechanic. And also, they're surrounded by a bunch of kids who do what? They retool and they refit Han's vehicles that's in his collection. So to think that these kids, with Sean working and with Neela and everybody helping – that he wouldn't be able to get that Mustang up and running with a Nissan engine. That it's like, 
but that's the thing. Like as I'm watching this, I'm like, that totally makes sense because I know he knows how to work on vehicles. He's got these other kids that were working in Han's group that were helping him out. They know how to work with it. They have access to Han's shop, so they can pretty much parts. They've got plenty of parts because Han had plenty of money. You know, so it I mean to me it's plausible, but it's like if you're watching this movie and you're like, Well, how the fuck did they make that work? You're not paying attention to the story. You're trying to figure out how they managed to get that to work and you're not paying attention to the story that he's gonna have to use this car to race DK so that he can get his ass out of trouble with the mafia, you know? Or uh, with the, the Yakuza. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, that's the thing, is like People focus on the wrong shit when they watch movies. They do. Like, when you watch this movie, do you think to yourself, like, hey, how the fuck did they fit that Nissan engine in there? Does that thought ever cross your mind? You're just like, hey, that's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. Now I want to get, I want to see how it does in this race because you're like, I'm in the story now. I want to see how it, how it reacts in a race and how he's going to be able to deal with the toga because. He's taking a muscle car and he's putting a Japanese engine yeah. in. How is it going to race? Is, he, is it going to be worth the shit? Is all the skills he's learned from Han and you know all of the information that he has now about how to drift and, and everything, how can he apply that to this new car? And it shows them testing it. They can't quite get the engine to work right, and so they have a bunch of issues and they work it out. They continuously keep working on that car to get it to be good. And then eventually when he gets in the race, it holds up. He ends up, you know, going up against DK. DK wrecks out. He wins and he earns respect. And you're like, that's cool. Okay. He's finally cool with the Yakuza. He doesn't have to worry about those guys anymore. He doesn't have to worry about DK anymore because DK is going to have to leave and he's not going to deal with them anymore. He's got Neela at his side. It all works out. But these jackasses are still stuck like 10 minutes ago when he was trying to build the car. Yeah. And they're like, how the fuck does this work? It's like, don't worry about that shit. Just understand that. He has the knowledge to understand how to make this work, and then you get back into the story. <laughs> People focus on so yeah, much of the wrong shit. It's the worst. It's the worst sometimes. Like, and sometimes I just I wonder how people come up with this stuff, man. I really do. Misery. Yeah, right. <laughs> just miserable, just miserable black holes of people that just sit there online or like, you know what? I'm fucking bored. I'm gonna go on IMDb and I'm gonna bitch about Tokyo Drift on the internet. Yep. Like, They're all a bunch of black holes. Right. Yeah. Just everything that anything that is good just immediately gets like pulled into some kind of an abyss when they go around these people. Right. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's good to be Welcome back. To 2019, 2019. We're already frustrated with our first movie because <laughs> we don't understand why people don't like this. So yeah. It's a really good movie. You guys should definitely check it out. Yes. If you haven't watched it, and if you have watched it and you're kind of swayed by others' opinions, watch it again. You know, give it another shot and view it, you know. Have an open mind. Yeah, view it with an open mind and don't try to overthink movies. Especially the part where you realize that Cam Newton ripped off a little Bow Wow's idea about selling laptops. Right, yeah, exactly. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So, yeah, think about that also. And uh, that was the last comment, right? Uh, Yeah, basically only four. I mean, that's pretty much everything. Uh, Well, I have have the cards. What we'll do is uh, just something a little small, because I didn't have, like, trivia or really idea here, but I did have a good... You get three guesses of the band I will play on the outro. If you get it right in your three guesses... 
then uh, I'll read these cards. If you get it wrong, you have to read these cards in Vin Diesel voice. <laughs> what, like uh, like Riddick voice or just, just general Vin Diesel just voice? Just general Vin Diesel voice. Oh, man, okay. Which, that's basically Riddick voice. It's pretty honest. much just slower. Yeah. It's just when uh, he's, you know... A little bit more deliberate. Yeah, so, yeah, just try to name the band and three guesses who I'm going to play as our outro. Uh, you don't even have to name the song, you just have to name the band. Okay. Uh, Slipknot. No. Okay. Five Finger Death Punch. Nope. Oh, okay, shit. I'm almost out. One more. Uh... Shit, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something that... You gotta name a band. Uh, Ghost BC. <laughs> Negative. Oh, <laughs> shit. Here you go, Vin. <laughs> we, for those people who don't know, we, we do have a tendency to talk shit about that band Ghost. Because we heard probably the weirdest fucking intro to a song we've ever heard yeah. before. Just randomly, so now Ghost BC is kind of like a meme for us. Like, we yeah. just talk about them. Ghost BC. Yeah. Satanus. Satanus. Lucifer. It's like, uh, it's that song called, uh, was it called like Year Zero or whatever? Yeah, I it's think like, so. It's, uh, I can't remember what album it's on because we don't know them anywhere close to enough. Right. Like, I know people love that band that it's like, we just, we've never really been into them because we just didn't get it. We didn't understand right. so good about them. I'm sure they're great people, but I, th- I threw the Ghost BC in there just to see Steve's reaction because I'm like, I knew I lost, but yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay so I have to do uh, my Vin Diesel impression. Yeah. This, is, this is going to be juicy. Okay, so uh, Fast and the Curious. Uh, uh, <laughs> what is this? Michigan, go suck a dick. <laughs> Barnacle lady pants. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Tom Brady, the STD of the NFL. <laughs> All right, you can say that in your other voice. Okay. Uh, but yeah, thank everybody. I want to thank everybody. Thank you. Good night. Uh, happy New Year. Check us out on Spotify. Check us out on Anchor. Check us out on iTunes, Google Podcasts. And remember, it's all fun and games until we show up. Right, partner. Keep on rolling, baby. You know what time it is. What's the thing with this guy? No, 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 it's not. Shit, I should have thought of rolling. Damn it. You can't get pumped for this as a race song. You just can't get pumped for racing. No,
Shut the fuck up and back the fuck up. We fuck this track. 